What's up, everybody? Zach Watovich here. And I'm Charlie Bertwistle. This is The Building Code. This is The Building Code. Great to be back. It's been a while. It has been a while. I am back in the studio with my BT bud, Zach Watovich. It's summertime, and that means that Charlie is wearing a sweater. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing about that, Zach, I'm glad you brought it up because if anyone in the maintenance department at Builder Trend is listening to this, it is 62 degrees in our office. And I know it's 62 degrees because we brought in a heat gun and we shot various locations. Uh, I think office. I remember seeing that floating around. Yeah. So I suffer through about 30 seconds of heat walking from my car to the office. And then I'm in a comfortable uh, state for eight hours. And then I suffer through another like 30 seconds and then like five minutes of my car warming up. So, or cooling down, I guess. Our data scientists ran the numbers. Yeah, for the, did the, math. the utility around wearing a sweatshirt, uh, the ROI on re- utility is uh, in the positive direction wearing a sweatshirt. So I'm glad you brought it up because yeah. I have thought about it a lot. Well, who do we got on the on the building code today? You don't want to talk about a wardrobe no, I, anymore, I, Zach? I don't want to stop it. Like, okay, I get it. Yeah, because I could go through like, the pants I'm wearing, the socks, all very intentional I would, choices. I can't wait for the drop-off on the listenership on this episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, if anyone is still listening, congratulations, because it only gets better from here. Today, we have Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns on the building code. Uh, very, very excited. This is someone that Zach met at one of his really cool travel things that he gets to do. Uh, so Zach, I'll let you tell a little bit more. That's right. Down at the Contractor Coalition, yeah, hosted course. by Brad Levitt, Nick Sheffer, Nick Schiffer, you know, just a couple big names in the construction industry. I met Rebecca. She's a real estate agent, and she is launching a nonprofit to kind of get into affordable housing. So I'm really interested to talk with her about those topics, but she's also just an expert in construction, and she's been in it for a long time. So like all of our guests, it's going to be a great conversation. Let's get her in here. Hey, Rebecca, welcome to The Building Code. We'll get into this. We know each other. You just met Charlie, but you're a first time guest here on The Building Code. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you for asking. Of course. Well, it's great catching up with you and, you know, get to know a little bit about kind of what you do and the things that you're working on uh, before we kind of get into it. Why don't you tell us your story a little bit? Oh, I'm so excited to do so. Oh, my gosh. Um, my name is Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns. I'm a real estate broker here in the state of Arizona. I have been selling real estate full time for 30 years now, 25 of which I have worked very heavily with builders here in my area. And what I discovered over the last few years was a lot of my clients stopped being able to afford homes. I had firemen, police officers, you name it people that were ready to go and they couldn't compete during COVID. And then unfortunately coming out of COVID, interest rates are at 7% today, prices are nearly doubled. And we are seriously, in my opinion, in a crisis and I'm doing what I can to help those in my arena, in my area. And now I'm even beginning to expand now into Arkansas. I was just sharing with you guys a little tidbit before we went on air, which I'm super stoked to share with you guys. Um, And that's just because after all these years, I've worked directly for builders as their sales manager, as their salesperson. My first gig in new home sales was 1996. And that's, you know, young a little 20 something learning about post-tension foundation and walking framed homes and here i am 30 you know 30 years into my career and and i know there's alternatives out there and i've been researching them like crazy in fact i have my own podcast called gratefulheart.tv 
And it's literally the smartest thing I did in my 30-year career was have this podcast because as you guys know, you'll learn a whole bunch from your folks coming on. So this last year, I've been heavily focusing on disrupting disruptive type builders like Zenny Homes that just launched. I don't know if you guys have heard about them, but they're doing some really cool stuff. And there's several others that are looking at alternative ways. You know, as you guys know, during COVID, the cost of everything skyrocketed. And what I saw here working for one of my builders that I've worked for for the last decade, you know, he being a small guy, I mean, he was just getting passed over and we were waiting weeks and weeks and weeks for the frames to go up. And it was just crazy. And in, in all of my research and all my shows that I've done this year, I've discovered something that I'm super excited to bring to market. And apparently I'm going to be the first one to bring it to Bella Vista, Arkansas. And they are MGO SIPS panels. Okay. Have you guys heard of them? I have not. I was going to say, I, I, I'm, uh, I wasn't sure if I could, uh, if I was an idiot, I didn't <laughs> want to be the person to ask what our MGO six panel. So I was waiting. Zach's kind of the residential expert uh, in construction. I thought you were going to call me the residential idiot. You know, <laughs> no, like, no. You know. So thank you for no. asking if we'd heard of them. Cause I was going to play it cool. Be like, Oh, of course. Yeah. My favorite panel. <laughs> my favorite. My yeah. fa so, okay. So I went down this rabbit hole during COVID and I came across one company that's gotten a lot of attention here and they build with foam. And so I started researching foam and the energy efficiency and all the wonderful things that that provides. And this particular company was using a product, a cement product, and they called it Sabscrete, where they basically framed their homes out of concrete and foam. And I thought that was really cool. I went to their school, learned all about it. And then that led me to another company. And I've always known about, oh, I wouldn't say always because I don't think SIPS has been around forever. It's standardized insulated panel structures. So those SIPS panels have been really well known for like plywood and other materials that would sandwich the foam in, right? Well, magnesium oxide is what MGO stands for. Okay. And so there was a lot of issues with those original SIPS because of it being wood. You know, they can get mold, they can burn. There's all kinds of issues sometimes when those homes are built, not always, but depending on the areas and the regions. But the MGO panels, they don't burn, they don't get mold, they don't do all the things that the other predecessors had done. And what's amazing about these panels is when they get engineered, they can show up to the job site, literally one, two, three, and four, and you with the crane can frame up a home and have it completely insulated within just a few days versus a few weeks or months. And so it really shut, you know, cuts down the time for um, just all the work that has right. to get done, you know, all the labor. So there's a huge cost savings right there with the labor. And then in my early years in my new home sales and management, I worked for local builders here that really did focus on affordable housing. So we did a lot of what's called sweat equity. And I've had a lot of experience with sweat equity. We'd only done it for painting homes, but FHA allows for all kinds of things for people to do themselves. What I'm really wanting to do is help empower people, educate them and teach them how maybe they can build themselves or help with the build to get into a home for a lot less than what they're seeing out in the marketplace today. Gosh, yeah, absolutely. The uh, the the panel, what was the name of again? MO6? MGO panel, SIPS. MGO oh, magnesium gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. side. And the SIPS panels are very well known. If you just go on SIPA.org, I believe is the organization. There's a ton of companies out there that provide these alternative materials. You see it more in commercial from what I understand. I haven't, I've seen actually here in Arizona, there's a company I'm getting ready to interview called um, Perkywall. And they've actually been doing a lot of those rent to own or no, the, um, a lot of the developers that have been building the rental properties, you know, that just are rental single families. 
and they have some projects going up here in town. And so it's it's happening here in Arizona. I know Arizona tends to be a hub for a lot of things first. Like they like to test us out for a lot of things. <laughs> and I do think that you're going to see it all across the country before you guys know it. Well, we can survive in the desert. Yeah. You know, it, 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 well, it survives in what? Right. It survives in it survives in everything. And that's pretty amazing. And then think about all the fires that they're having right now in Canada. I mean, last year it was the U.S. all over the place and the year before. But, you know, if it's resistant to burning, I mean, how amazing is that stuff? So I'm super excited. I have three lots I just am closing on to build my first models. And I cannot wait to get them tested. Hopefully by the beginning of spring, we should be ready to come to market and have all the test results and be able to share the product with all of you guys. So I hope you'll have me back when the time comes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I can already, I mean, you mentioned it uh, before we got on, is just like how much we learn from interviewing guests. And I'm already learning a ton from you. I can tell right now that the 20 to 30 minutes is not going to be enough. So we might as well go ahead and I'll book your, your second appearance <laughs> while we're here. We'll just book it right here on air. Um, All right, let's book it right yeah, now, guys. Yeah. I can tell you're super, super passionate about kind of the, the cutting edge kind of building side of things. I think you may have breezed over this a little bit in your intro, but how long into kind of like your real estate career was it before you started getting interesting on or interested on kind of the new build side of things and start doing all this research and um, become obsessed with new panelings? Okay, so the obsession is recent. I originally got licensed in 1993, became a broker in 1998. In 1996, I started working for local builders. 2001 to 2007, I was actually exclusively a sales manager for one of the bigger builders here in town. That's where I learned a lot of my affordable housing experience okay. with the sweat equity and such. And then the crash hit just in time for me to fire all my friends. That was a lot of fun, <laughs> oh, right? Yeah. And, and I had to reinvent myself. I learned to do short sales and foreclosures really well. I was kind of the short sale queen here in Arizona for quite some time. And then the market shifted back. And 2013, the current builder I represent, um, who I've worked for and I love working for him for the last decade, he approached me to start selling homes again. And at that time, I'm like, dude, I've already been on the floor. I don't want to do that, but I can train and manage and help people. And at that point, if you actually Google Belago Home Sweat Equity, I got him a ton of exposure for all the sweat equity we were even doing back in 2013. Um, which was amazing. I actually went and advertised on the, I speak Spanish, I'm Hispanic, and I had I had advertised on the Spanish radio station here in town. <laughs> oh my goodness, my poor assistant, I'd hear go, hello? Un momento, por favor. And then she'd get me on the phone. Our phone stopped ringing. We had so many people that wanted to do paint for their own down payment. It's an amazing program. And in today's day and age, we need to be bringing back all these programs again because so few people can actually qualify with the higher interest rates today. We gotta do stuff to help them outside of the box. And sometimes just a matter of getting back to the basics or getting back to what we used to do back in the day. So are you now full-time kind of developing these affordable home programs then? And then, you know. So I still have a, I, I'm a busy lady guy. Yeah, I, I, I can, have my. You, yeah, I mean, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> I've been working for Berkshire Hathaway for okay. the last uh, almost decade as well. And I've been lucky Omaha, this past year. You know, claim yeah, to frame. Yeah, I love Omaha. I told you I got to almost meet. No, I didn't. I wanted to almost meet Warren, but we could um, drive by his house. You know, yeah. this is I the know, first. I heard. I'm mean, next time I come, I'll, I'll come visit you, Zach. Yeah, we'll just do a quick car. tour. We'll just go drive around yeah. Dundee. We'll hit all the Omaha highlights, see Warren's house, maybe catch him at the McDonald's that he allegedly goes to. I was about to say, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to drive through the McDonald's drive-through right. to do that. Um, but yeah, for the last uh, decade, so I've been kind of wearing lots of hats. Yeah. Ever since the downturn hit, I owned my own brokerage before I joined Berkshire Hathaway. And I really have um, always, 
I, I pride myself on being nerdy. I'm, I know I, I might not look the look right now, but I can look really nerdy when I try. <laughs> I love spreadsheets. I love studying stats. I love knowing what's happening next. I'm always looking ahead. And I truly do believe that that has been the success um, key for me in the last 30 years is I got into new home sales when things were going good. I got into short sales and foreclosures when things were going good. And I am currently transitioning from my real estate uh, residential production business into trying to be more full-time builder because lucky for me, I've built up a great business and I anticipate to wear both hats long-term as the CEO and owner, but I have wonderful agents, wonderful staff that can continue to, to take care of all my clientele while I'm off building houses, hopefully for some of the same clientele. So I'm hoping it's going to be a great marriage um, between the two. And instead of representing a builder, I get to be my own big girl and be my own builder this time around. I'm so excited to do so. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I'd love to hear your perspective. We've had uh, a ton of everyone likes to speculate about what the market's going to do next, especially over the last couple of years with it being so crazy. Um, we always love hearing people's viewpoint. I actually just purchased a house um, a couple oh, weeks ago. You. Thank you. Yeah, very exciting. But I never thought like it. I'd become the person that wakes up in the morning, like checked it, checked interest rates. And like, that's the oh. first thing I do. It's like, uh, so I've come, well, become somewhat obsessed. And so I'd love aren't to Aren't you know, a data guy? You're not, you're not scalping the, yeah. Yeah. the interest rate market. Well, so you should be following Barry Habib if you don't already, because he has okay. great content. I refer to it constantly. Uh, I will tell you, it's funny. I was actually on the call this morning with my, some of my staff trying to explain some mortgage rules and, and stuff with them. And uh, my first house I bought was in 1994. I got licensed in 93, bought my first house in 94. My interest rate was seven at that time. And oh my gosh, did I freak out because payment was like $700. You know, we're <laughs> talking 30 years ago, right? Right. I don't think I've seen rates above seven since in the last 30 years, you know, and that's, that is truly the reality we're dealing with. So, you know, when I re rewind to the things that we did back then, we we're doing a lot of two, one buy downs, three, two, one buy downs, things of that nature, right? Those are things that are currently getting utilized today. And then this last year, because of the inflation and um, the pet looming recession and now the debt ceiling and all fun things, the feds, you know, keep raising rates, raising rates. We're hoping we did get a little bit of a reprieve, which resulted in a great spring season for us here in Arizona for April and May. We had great sales. I'm glad you bought Charlie because literally this is what I've been saying to everybody. Date the rate, marry the house, divorce the landlord, okay? <laughs> And the whole reason is all of us in this industry do believe rates will start to come down. Now, will they come down to two and three? Probably not, but they should come down between five and six. And that's a healthy place to be. And that's okay. We can afford to buy houses. In fact, the reason why the feds didn't drop them or leave them really the same is because we still had a strong spring season, even with the rate, you know, the higher rates. Uh, so ultimately, I think what people really do need to realize is there are options. Talk to a great lender and they can strategize with you because of the inflation and because of all the things. A lot of people are really heavy in debt. They might be sitting in a house with 3% interest rate, but, and that they don't like anymore. Maybe it doesn't suit them anymore. Maybe it's too big, too small, whatever, but they don't want to get out of it because it's at 3%. Anything else that they're looking at today is between six and seven. Well, in the meantime, if they're racking up all their credit cards because the cost of eggs and bacon and gas have all gone up, Next thing you know, they're paying way more in high interest credit cards. So I'm seeing a lot of people still refinancing or doing HELOCs to absorb all that debt. And then in hopes that once rates come back down to like fives, so they can you know refinance at that point to get a payment they can live with. Mm. That's not going to suffocate them. 
And in the meantime, if they combine all of those debts into their first mortgage, hopefully they can benefit from mortgage, um, you know, depending on their taxes, you know, some mortgage interest as well. Well, and it's interesting. I pay attention to like housing starts and everything. And it looks like people keep saying like, it's inevitable, it's going to slow down. And yet we just had the most job house starts. Yeah. In, in a yeah. long time. Yeah. And, and see, that's the thing is, I think headlines do more to scare people, you know, instead of actually doing the research. That's why I'd like to be so nerdy and geeky and research what I can. This is truly what we all believe. And I and I actually just did a podcast with the market update on Grateful Heart that will be airing next week if anybody cares to listen to it. But I, I know that at the end of the day, everybody's a little bit different across the country. But overall, we are all believing like, for example, here in Arizona, if you look at the stats from last year, year over year, we're still negative 5%. But if you're looking at our stats since December, then we're up 9%. Right. And when we look at year over year, traditionally, we're usually 3 to 5% in appreciation for real estate since 30 years, since the 30 years I've been in it. We had two unicorn years, 2020 and 2021. <laughs> so when you look at stats and you're comparing them to those two years, then it looks like, you know, we're like in this total terrible market. But if you look at our stats today compared to 2019 and 18, we're kind of, you know, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. But if people watch only the headlines and that's all they remember, they sit on the fence, they're scared. And then on top of it, price is a lagging indicator. So by the time that they realize prices aren't coming down, they're only keep going up. How much higher are they going to be by the time they actually go find something and actually close on it? Mm -hmm. So yeah. good job, Charlie. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's. It was an inner both. I bought my first house. I say. I thought you just. I bought my first house May 2020. Thank so you. I already had, on your second. I had that juicy 2.3. Dude, that was a good time to buy. May 2020. Yeah. I had people taking advantage, and that's actually kind of how I feel about right now. That's when everybody was all freaked out over COVID. You'd probably did real good on that house. It was. A, it was a great first house, and then this one. You know the the. And I think it's what you said. The the news headlines like to be scary and bad. Is a horrible time to buy a house. Interest rates are so high and stuff. But that's what everyone was thinking. And so from a competitive, I mean, my first house, yeah. I had to put an offer in on seven or eight different houses first, yeah. go 30K over asking and wave inspection wave and all these different things. Let exactly. them stay there for 60 days, all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to do it right now. Yeah. Today is really the time to shop. Anybody who's listening and who's like been kind of wavering and sitting on the fence, get your ass out there and go find a house and then go refinance it next year, please. Yeah. With higher home prices, hopefully is my thought um, as well. For sure. Higher home prices. Cause as soon as the rates drop, all, all these other people that have just been hanging around, they're going to go back and then guess what they get to do. What you did back in well, May of 2020. See here, it was really dead. I had people scared to buy in May of 2020. I had cancellations like crazy. I was drinking way too much wine back then. Um, but luckily, so was Charlie. It was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think. Now I don't even remember buying the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, I talk Sunday um, scary. Never woke yeah, up with yeah, a like, deed what, beside you. <laughs> what's an interest rate? I, don't know. I just put offers on yeah. Zillow. Oh, it was like I think we were all watching Tiger King in that time period too. Yeah, um, and then July through December, I was working 18-hour days. Because then all of a sudden, boom, the feds dropped the rates. We were down in the threes and it was on like Donkey Kong. And that will happen again if they even get them down in the fives. Because what we saw in April and May, people were just on the sidelines waiting for an indication things were going to improve. And then they all scurried out to the marketplace and we had a really nice run for 60 days. And now it's kind of like dead, at least here in Arizona. Now, mind you, we are hitting our triple temperatures here. Everybody usually vacates our, our area 
for June and July. Zach was probably here for the last of the nice of it. And then afterwards, you know, it's pretty miserable. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> you don't want to be outside for more than five minutes. Trust me. It's funny, too. Both my parents and Charlie's dad, they have yeah. houses down in Arizona. So, like, they're, you know, that I don't know why my mom's there right now. Should She's like. She's here right now? Well, they just got to. your parents right now? Mine is. Is your dad down no. there full time? He's here. Yeah. Yeah. Although yeah, it's not much smart. He went home probably in April, right? Yeah. Yeah. They that's that's usually the play, but it, it seems like maybe they're like, you know, you know, it's always warm here, so we might just stay here. Just like, hey, shout out, thanks. Yeah. Uh take me with you. One uh, question that I'm Yeah. One question that I'm Gotta get Builder trying to open an office in, in Arizona. Yeah, we, we we should have a nice yeah. HQ down there. Yeah. Anyway. You really should. The so a majority Sorry. of our listeners are home builders. And I think mm-hmm. that your perspective here will be really interesting because a lot of what we've seen in Omaha, at least, is, I mean, inventory right now is atrocious. No one wants to sell their house. Oh, a lot of people yeah. want a new house, um, and a lot of people are turning to the new build market. Um, Omaha mm-hmm. is just expanding like crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think there's, I think that's the sentiment for the majority, but I'm curious on what your advice for home builders would be to capitalize on that kind of shift in uh, the market of people going from resale to kind of the new build strategy. I know you, you brought up a ton of things that like buyers can do um, to go about that, but what would be your kind of advice for from builders, the builder side? Yeah. From the builder's perspective, I, I will say it was pretty eye-opening um, shopping Arkansas yesterday or the day before, I, I think today's Friday, uh, because I'm coming from a, an area as Zach, well, both of you know, that is just overloaded with builders. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, our our whole valley has tripled in in space and size, probably similar to what you guys are now currently experiencing in Omaha, right? Yep. And there's a saying, drive till you can qualify. You know, our outlying areas are full of builders competing against each other. And I have some wonderful builders that are doing some really smart things. And I know I, I'm not good. I'm going to showcase one in particular that I'm really impressed with. I actually own one of their homes today. And the only reason I bought it was to get their deal. I have a couple of clients hung up on their deal. You guys, it's all about the financing. Like you said, Charlie, you wake up in the morning, you're, you're seeing what the rates are at, right? The best way to spend your money, and not every builder can compete at the level that Lenar Homes can. But I mean, I'm going to give a shout out to Lenar Homes because they are very smart. They don't put it on all of their homes, but they if you can do 10% down, you can get an interest rate of 4.5% fixed right now, Whoa. which is unheard of. Now, yeah. they're not the only ones who can do that, but they have huge buying power and they buy big chunks of money to loan out. And they put it specifically on certain homes that they're trying to get sold. So like I have a client right now that wants to buy one of their homes to get that deal, but he wants a certain lot and he wants a certain floor plan and he probably won't buy. I probably, I'm going to be pulling teeth to get him to buy anything because now he's so like in love with that interest rate. So in my opinion, what the builders out there need to do, they need to get with a good lender and figure out the best offer that they can give to get people. If As long as they hear something that starts with a five or at least a low six, there's hope, right? But they don't even, it's, you're trying to get them motivated. You're trying, you, I actually said to uh, Zillow, I work with Zillow all the time too. I'm like, I need a carrot. I need you guys to dangle me a carrot to get the phone to ring because then I can talk to people, mm-hmm. address their objections and overcome them and show them the way, right? Because really people want a nice house and why not new? I mean, once you have a, had a new home, it's really hard to sell somebody a resale home because they don't want the car, the carpet that the dog already scooched across. You know, they want everything new. 
So get with a good lender, figure out the best opportunity because there's a lot of programs out there. They allow the sellers to pay up to 6%, six points. Six points can do some serious damage on an interest rate and money out of pocket for a potential buyer. Um, you have to be Lennar Homes to get, I think, the crazy deals that they're offering right now. But you can get close. Think in that mindset because that will bring people in and then educate your sales staff to speak to, well, what's best for you based off of your scenario? Because nobody has the same financial picture. Nobody has, you know, the same credit score. And, and in a lot of, there's so many factors that play into it. But until you can actually sit down and educate, and if they won't even talk to you because they're reading those scary headlines, but if you have a carrot to dangle, dangle the carrot, market it, and hopefully grab some new buyers coming in because the problem is real. We don't have enough houses for all the humans that are being born in this country. Staggering statistic that I heard recently was that the population in this world has tripled in the last 50 years since I've been alive. Mm -hmm. That is some scary stuff. There, We don't have enough materials. We don't have enough room. You know, it's only going to continue to get more dense if we continue on this path, right? So it is true. They said, I think Barry Habib's stat, I, I'm not sure if I'm quoting him correct or who said it, but they said the minute, and it was Barry, the minute the rates hit five, right now, we don't have enough inventory in this whole country for the demand that we have. And our demand is lackluster. Just wait till we amp it back up. The whole country is going to be back in the situation that we were in. We need to get back to building. And I really do. This is one thing I'm super passionate about. I got a kid with a great college degree. Not every kid has a great college degree, but she isn't making the kind of money she thought she was going to make with this great college degree. Mm. We need more plumbers. We need more electricians. We need more journeymen. They all make six figures these days. We need our kids to get back to, you know, labor because there's no nothing wrong with that. We don't have enough people to even help us build these houses right now. So I'm really passionate about while I'm doing this affordable housing, I've been meeting with, I met with Habitat for Humanity. I really want to get in with those guys to help maybe give them an incentive to come help us build some houses affordably and maybe help them get into a house at the same time. I mean, what better way to get kids in the 20s thinking, hey, I want to be an electrician. Hey, I want to be a plumber. Let's help them get into their first house that they would have no prayer to get into without that kind of help. Charlie. Preach. Yeah. yeah. Amen. I, I Every Amen, episode brother. we record, <laughs> every episode we record, I like to pick the moment that our social team is going to pull out and use as like teasers for the episode. And I think that was the moment yeah. right there. The, that 30 second will be on uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and everything. That it's was. almost like you live and breathe this stuff. <laughs> You think? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know what I would do with myself. I, I do wake up thinking real estate. I go to sleep thinking real estate. And oh, man, I am so excited to build some houses. I, I really can't even. And honestly, my plan is not just to build them in Arkansas. My plan is to build them anywhere and everywhere somebody wants us to be in because we're going to be able to assemble these SIPs packages and ship them out and find them a local contractor. And so I'm really hoping to network with as many great builders as possible. Anybody listening to me right now interested in liking what I'm saying? Uh, I'm just starting my website at kismethomesusa.com. It just has a little email right there. It says info at reach out to me. I'm going to start creating a list because I want to be everywhere as much as I can. I don't know if the country's ready for me to be everywhere, but I want to be everywhere. I want to help as many people as I can. I have so much to give and I'm so excited to do so. Yeah, we will link uh, that uh, your website in the show notes. So anyone listening can go out and just yeah. click on that, go directly there. I'll also link your awesome. podcast. 
um, for the Thank show you. notes and personally for myself, because I'm definitely going to check that out as well, too. So hey, I actually just had a guest this past week that you guys had on recently was Mr. Ryan Lipchick over there at CDUSA. <laughs> Charlie and Ryan are friend. boys. Yeah, yeah. That's, I actually <laughs> just I pulled up your your podcast episode. And I saw Ryan and I was like, we got to give Ryan a shout out. Friend yeah. of the yeah, friend of the pod. Ryan a shout out. He's the one who made this happen today, I think. So I'm thank you, Ryan, if you're listening. And uh, CBUSA, I'm super excited to start networking with those guys, too. You guys really do have it going on over there. I'm, I'm really impressed with everything I learned. And I got to give a shout out to my buddy Brad over at A, <laughs> a Finer Touch, AFT. I had to think about that for a minute. A Finer Touch Construction, because he's the one who put on that awesome coalition where I got to meet you at, Zach, and where I got to meet Ryan. And I'm super grateful for it. I did actually get to interview him on my show, and then I went on his show and we had so much fun. He actually was my superintendent 20 years ago and I was when I was a little lowly sales girl and you know my I think I might have been in my early thir- you know early 30s late 20s then. <laughs> and uh, we had a lot of fun being young together. So it was so cool to see how well he's done since. Yeah, Brad's a man. It's uh, it was really kind is. of an honor for me, you know, people will tell me they're like, "Oh, you're like the guy." And I'm like, "Oh, you're the guy. You're like the builder that everybody wants to be. Tell me what you've done." Yeah, we we're really lucky with the customers that we get here at Builder Show that we get to talk to. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, we're coming close to time here, but the last question that we've written down is one that I'm super interested to ask you is just advice that you have for others looking to get started in real estate or home building. Like you had kind of the call to arms for uh, other people existing out there that want to partner, but what about someone that listens to this episode is inspired and is like, what can I do to help, you know, kind of the, the housing crisis of not enough houses out there? Well, uh, okay, so to encourage others, I will tell you in this last year of me interviewing people and researching, there's a lot of people that are that are singing, singing my same, you know, singing the same choir, if you will. You know, they are out there doing what I'm starting to do right now. I interviewed a gentleman by the name of Jerome Maldonado recently. He it was amazing. He's teaching people how to find the land and then build houses themselves. So if you guys haven't heard his name, go, you know, Google him, get on YouTube. Um, another gentleman by the name of Peter Reese. He this you know honestly, guys, the key is finding the land and land cheap. Yeah. And I interviewed a gentleman by the name of Pete Reese, and he has a whole program where he's helping people educate people. There's a lot of people out there like me and them that are wanting to help, you know, educate others and share the knowledge, you know, and that was the, actually the piece of advice Jerome gave me, which was super cool. He's like, Rebecca, don't be worried about telling people too much because most people out there aren't going to do anything unless you're, you know, dragging them by the hand. So share everything that you can, because, you know, we need more people speaking like this. We need more people out there. And, and I have actually a whole nother episode we can do when I'm ready to go to market, because actually I have a lot of concepts that are very cutting edge and different. So I'm going to leave you with the teaser. And it has to do with some communal living, gardening. And I actually have a whole nonprofit that I'm starting that will be educating people on how to garden in their own homes. A lot of this is coming from COVID and wanting to live semi off grid. And I'm super excited about that part of it. It's uh, the nonprofit. I had a name for it and now I'm changing it and I haven't decided what it's going to be for sure yet. But as a result of all the education we're going to be giving people, we'll be able to also help them with financial help in getting into our homes. And so really, honestly, anybody listening to me, I want to encourage them. The first steps would be just get online and start Googling because you're going to find so much content out there. There's truly so many people like me on YouTube right now preaching, educating and doing all things. I love it. 
I mean, it's going to make a huge impact. And I mean, I'm just blown away. You're a woman on multiple missions, not just one. And uh, we can't wait to follow up with you and, and yeah. see the progress you've made this year. That was a hell of Thank a teaser for sure. Yeah. Well, All thanks. right. Yeah, Charlie. I'll sign us off. Thank you so much. Um, an absolute pleasure. Learned a ton. Um, I was taking notes on the side here. So uh, appreciate that uh, you taking the yeah. time to come on the podcast today. And I'm sure we'll talk very soon. Likewise. Thanks, you guys. And you know I like to talk, so I'll be happy to come back. <laughs> See you guys another time. Take care. Thanks, Rebecca. Mr. Burt Whistle, we just had Rebecca on. Amazing conversation. Yeah. We really covered a lot. I love getting into the numbers of the economics of just even real estate and construction. We really hit a lot. What'd you think? And dropping the second house yeah. as well. Look at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exciting Wheeling stuff. and dealing. Well, so funny you bring that up, and I'll get to what my thoughts on the episode in a second. But I have uh, actually had a lot of big stuff happen in my life recently, and growing up, my, yeah. my guy's growing up. So, for example, I got engaged about a month ago, um, and so my fiance. Congrats, is, by the way. Thank you. Fun to say. Listen, to one of the episodes. I should listen to a few of the episodes. She's like, "Why do you? Why didn't you say anything about us getting engaged?" And I was like, "Well, I don't know, Zach and I don't really talk about like." other than my clothing choices at the beginning of the episode, it's like more focused on like- We're more of a lifestyle podcast Construction now. and builder training. So yeah, um, shout out to my fiance. Uh, we got engaged and then we bought a house. So a lot of big stuff happening. But with the house, um, this episode was like a dream come, like I could have talked to Rebecca for five hours, my entire life for the past like month of selling my current house and buying a new home has been like focused around real estate and what inventory is doing and what mortgage rates are doing and what home prices are doing. Uh, and it's interesting being on both the buy and sell side because anything that helps you one way hurts you the other way, right? So I wish I could have talked to Rebecca like a month ago and got her advice on everything, but she made me feel good saying- She I pumped you up. Yeah, she pumped me so up. Like, so you're a savvy buyer. That's huge. Love um, that. But that's the thing. If she says I'm a savvy buyer, does that mean I'm a bad seller? Like, you know, like I'm on both sides of it. That's where that's that's actually the cliffhanger. You know, we left the episode like find out next time to see if Charlie's investment paid off with Rebecca. Yeah, honestly, we should do a case study on me. But no, she was great. Um, I get why she's so successful. She's so passionate about what she's doing, and not just what she's doing, but what she's doing for other people, which I think is why she keeps having all these different, um, you know, ideas. And even after, you know, um, when we were talking to her before is like, we didn't even cover a lot of the stuff that she's doing right now. Yeah. So, um, I'm excited to get her back in here, um, and talk to her again. Yeah. Well, open invitation, obviously, Rebecca, thank you for joining. I also have similar thoughts. I love, we have, we get really great guests coming in and doing things like green, green housing and Greenhousing, green technology and housing. Yeah, uh, they could paint the houses. Green yeah, too. why not? Of course. But you know, it just—it's exciting to see what the future in construction brings. Because there is a lot of innovation, and you know, this we need houses to live in. You know, the species is, <laughs> needs shelter, and so yeah. the the you know the shortening supply is going to continue to be an issue. We need more yeah. investment in that area. So, thanks for joining us here on the Building Code. It's been a great conversation, great episode. I'm Zach Tovich. I'm Charlie Burtwistle. As always, make sure to like, review, and subscribe. And I know I always say that, but if you actually could, that would be great. It helps Zach. Not that we're a job. Yeah. Um, I actually checked our uh, our reviews the other day, and there were a couple of new ones that had flowed in, so that's good. So appreciate you guys. Um, otherwise, we'll talk to you next time.